Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, welcome. A lot to get into here. Uh, first off, right off the bat, I want to kind of riff a little bit about some of the things that you'll hear sort of throughout the day. If anybody out there ever listens to talk radio or you hear um, the commercials in between, the commercials in between a talk radio program are really telling. They're very, very telling because it's just laced with propaganda. One story after another is full-blown propaganda. And yesterday, they had a ton of messages out there that were absolutely awful. So first off, this first one has to do with the CDC's new guidelines, quote-unquote. Uh, and this came from, this was both m mentioned on the radio, which I thought was astounding that even the person reading it wasn't just laughing their tails off at how stupid this is. But this also comes from Disclosed TV, and if you're not linked into Disclosed TV, either on Gab, Twitter, Telegram, I highly recommend it. It's an excellent source, and it's an all-day-long sort of news dropping of, uh, of what's actually going on. And it's not propaganda. Um... Whoever runs Disclosed TV, if I had to take a guess, I would say is a patriot to say the least. But it says this, this is just in, only vaccinated people in the U.S. can go outdoors without masks, except in crowded settings. CDC says, in the hope it will motivate more to get vaccinated, unquote. And then they have this chart on one side, it's faces of all the unvaccinated people, Everywhere from not wearing a mask to wearing a mask to wearing a mask in a in a yellow box, and then the least safe person is someone wearing a a mask in a red box. Um, and then the fully vaccinated people are on the right hand side of this chart, and they're all not wearing masks, all in green boxes, except for the very last person who's wearing a mask. And so basically, if you're fully vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask when you're attending a crowded outdoor event, like a live performance parade or sporting event. But every other time, you don't have to wear a mask. But for the unvaccinated people with the experimental drug, because it's not a vaccine, uh, they have to be basically masked the entire time, all the time. So says government. So says the propaganda machine. So... That was also something that bounced around on the radio yesterday, and uh, in, in particular in between the, the actual shows themselves during the news breaks. Absolutely ridiculous. Here was another one, though, and I, I would say this. This right here is going to be the thing to watch out for in the future and the thing to avoid at all costs. Um, what I heard yesterday was beyond alarming, but again, the writing was already on the wall, and it was only a matter of time before they were actually going to try to pull something like this. And, and here's what it said. It said, the question was raised as to whether or not American K-12 schools, in particular public schools, can make a COVID experimental jab mandatory before returning to school. Now, I wrote about this in one of my last Substack articles, where I said, during the summer of 2021 here coming up, state departments and state departments of education and health departments at the state level and state governments are going to meet, they're going to scheme, they're going to meddle, 
and they're going to do whatever they can to drop this bomb on people during the summer. See, right now, there's all this nice, loose talk of, no, that's not going to happen. Kids don't get it. Blah, 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 blah. It's barely existent, by the way. This COVID thing doesn't even exist anymore. I'm just throwing that out there. But what they're going to do is, is during the course of the summer, they're going to scheme and meddle and make it mandatory for you to return to public schools and you won't be able to return unless children get it. Now, that would require people under the age of 18 being test subjects because the adults who have taken it are already test subjects. So the children who are taking it, the minors who take this will become test subjects. They will need their parents' consent. So the parents are going to have to offer up their children to be drug, drug experiments, essentially, before even returning. I'm telling you what, the, the wave of trouble that this is going to bring is going to be something that we have never even seen before. Again, a lot of this in the past was hardly predictable. Some of us who read a ton of information knew that this was coming down the pipeline, but this specific thing of injecting children with this experimental drug is going to be the next move. And they're going to make it mandatory, I'm using finger quotes, they're going to make it mandatory if you're going to return to a public school district. It's not an accident that even in the state of California, public school attendance has dramatically dropped. Dramatically dropped. More and more parents are clearly homeschooling full-time, 100%. They're using online academies, they're using online virtual schools, or they're just doing it themselves. And uh, I am an advocate for all of that. For anybody who's ever listened to this podcast, you know that I always advocate for that. I will, I will choose a safe, healthy learning environment over a totalitarian government-run institution any day of the week. But this introduction of a drug, potentially, into an environment among minors goes against Every piece of education that we've ever been taught throughout our lives to stay away from drugs, to avoid peer pressure. I mean, all of that, again, is propaganda, but now it's being forced on children or at the very least, I think, is going to be forced on children. So that right there, again, is the thing to watch out for in the future. I'm going to comment on that as time goes along because I don't think it's going to get better. I think the pressure on that is going to get worse. It'll be a blip on the screen. It'll be a comment uh, during, the, again, the, the propaganda talk radio news breaks, whatever it is. But it will say uh, COVID, COVID, COVID shots, or they'll use the word vaccine, not a vaccine. They'll say COVID vaccines are perfectly safe for children of all ages and highly recommended that they get them before returning to school. That's what they'll say next. And then... State governments, in particular the most radical and the most Democrat, will start mandating them. And then it's game on. Then you're going to see chaos like you wouldn't believe. So keep an eye out on that one because that's next. Now, speaking of other options of in, in talk radio or other programs to listen to, if, if somebody out there does listen to talk radio 
I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh all the time. Not so much anymore, but I still tune in every now and again. Um, one of one of Rush Limbaugh's substitutes when Rush was sick on a, on a semi-regular basis would be Ken Matthews. And Ken Matthews has a radio show on, on WHP 580 out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And he is on from 3 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, his show is fantastic. It really is. He's hard anti-mask. He's hard anti-experimental jab. In fact, yesterday, he just ran an amazing, um, an amazing clip. It was a comedy sketch, but it was an amazing comedy sketch of these people asking an employer or a doctor questions about the mask wearing and the experimental jab and, and, the, and the actual test itself to see if the, the PCR test, all that stuff. It was very, very funny. In fact, I'm just going to play it right now. I'm just going to play it for you right now because it was on yesterday's show, but I'm, I'm just going to play it. It's super funny. So uh, it's busted up into a few parts, but here we go. You'll hear more truth from 3 to 6 p.m. on The Ken Matthews Show than you'll hear in a week of 24-hour news channels. Back to The Ken Matthews Show. Any questions? If we take the COVID vaccine, can we stop wearing face masks? Great question. The answer is no. You will still need to wear a mask. If we take the COVID vaccine, will we be protected from getting COVID? No, you could still get COVID. What? I thought the vaccine was supposed to protect us from getting COVID. You watch too much television. The COVID vaccine might help minimize symptoms should a person develop COVID, like coughs. What? I don't need a vaccine for a cough. I can take cough syrup for that. There's no need to be rude. Next question. Will we still need to do social distancing? Yes. Everyone should still practice social distancing even after getting the vaccine. Wait a minute. That does not make any sense. Excuse me. You had your chance. Sorry. But why would we still need to social distance after taking the vaccine? It's simple. They don't know if the vaccine will prevent transmission of the virus. Why not? That's because they didn't test for whether the COVID vaccine can prevent transmission of the virus from person to person. <gasps> what? What? That's insane. It may seem insane, but that's the world we live in. These companies had to come up with a vaccine in less than a year. What did you expect? There was no time to do all the necessary testing. So you mean that I still can't hug my girlfriend without a mask? No! You can't hug your girlfriend, parents, grandparents, best friends, or your kids without a mask. <gasps> what about my dog? Can I at least hug my dog without a mask? Well, it should be okay to hug your dog without a mask. What about lockdowns? Will we still need lockdowns? <sighs> you again? Yes, I really want to know. Yes, the lockdowns will need to stay in place. How long? Forever. <gasps> Just kidding. We need to wait until the majority of people in the world get the COVID vaccine. And then the lockdowns will end? No. What? I don't know when the lockdown should end. Nobody does. It could be a year or ten years. Ten years? Or longer. We don't know. The good news is that everyone who participates in this COVID vaccine experiment is helping to improve our understanding. So we're just lab rats. That's a harsh way of putting it. 
No one is being forced to take this vaccine. Let me get this straight. Even if we take this vaccine, we will still need to wear a mask? We will still need to social distance? The vaccine will not protect us from COVID? No testing was done on transmission after getting the vaccine, and the lockdowns will not end. I have one last question. Why should anyone even take this COVID vaccine? No more questions for today. Class is over. Oh, man. 800-724-5801. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, uh, it's sad. It, it's inter- I thought it was entertaining, but it's sad. It- okay. You've all had time to research the COVID PCR test. So what questions or comments do you have? Does everyone need to take the COVID test? Yes. Everyone should take the COVID test. They should take it regularly, at least twice a week, which is the requirement for most colleges and public schools. I read that by law, no one can be forced to take the COVID PCR test. Is that true? Technically, you are correct. The Food and Drug Administration has not fully approved the COVID PCR test, and therefore it is not required. It is only approved under emergency use. Besides, why would anyone want to opt out of the COVID test? I'm confused. What does emergency use mean? Well... Emergency use simply means that the Food and Drug Administration can allow a test to be given to the general public, even though that test has not been proven to be effective. They can only do this when an emergency has been declared. (gasps) Are you saying that just because someone declares an emergency, the FDA can allow a test to be given to people, even though that test has not been proven effective by the FDA's own standards? Yes, that's just the way things are when an emergency has been declared. (gasps) So companies get to make money selling PCR tests that aren't completely reliable? Again, yes. It's not the best system, but it is what we have. I read that in Tanzania, when they applied the COVID PCR test to a goat and a fruit, they both tested positive. That's true. And it was embarrassing. But those things happen. It is unfortunate when such incidents are publicized, because it causes people to lose confidence. The Tanzanian government had to stop using the PCR test altogether. That's not a good thing. Just how reliable is the COVID PCR test? That's a difficult question to answer. Let me put it this way. What percentage of people who test positive for COVID are really false positives? That is, they don't have the COVID virus. Some studies show that false positives with the COVID PCR test can be as much as 90%. (gasps) So why should anyone want to take a COVID PCR test if it is 90% inaccurate? If you don't mind, shouldn't you let others have a chance to speak? I apologize, but this is important. Well, the COVID PCR test is not as reliable as we would like. That is why we advise people to test often and ideally twice a week. Doesn't that mean that if a person tests negative one week, they can still test positive the following week? Unfortunately, that is true. And each time a person tests positive they will have to go into quarantine. In other words, are you saying that people can test positive again and again when in fact there is nothing wrong with them? Then each time they test positive, they have to go back into quarantine over and over? Am I understanding you correctly? Yes. We all have to make sacrifices for public safety. We'll be right back with part two of this exciting lesson. Email the kid. Ma- Aha! Thanks for tuning in. Let's go back to... Uh... The facts on the PCR test. Most colleges confine students to their rooms for two weeks at a time. It is all about being safe. 
But do most parents know that the child is being forced into essentially a college prison again and again, even though the child is perfectly healthy and that it is based on a test that is 90% inaccurate? <sighs> most parents do not know about the accuracy problem with the COVID PCR test, and they don't need to know. Parents should trust their college officials just as people in general should trust their government. My sister's going to college out of state and she has tested positive three times. Each time the college forced her to stay confined to her room for two weeks. She could not see her friends or even go to the school cafeteria. She's so depressed that my parents are worried that she might try to hurt herself. <gasps> that is unfortunate, but we must stay focused on the big picture, which is safety. I don't think I want to go to college. I think I'd be better off at a trade school or become a dog walker. I hear that there's a lot of money in walking dogs. We have a bigger problem than with just the colleges. People all across the country are taking this test and being told that they are positive for COVID when in fact they are not infected with COVID. I really don't see why healthy people should even take this COVID test. Again, yes. Healthy people should still take the COVID test. Even though a person is healthy, they might still be able to transmit COVID. It's called asymptomatic transmission. I read that studies show casual transmission of COVID from healthy people with no symptoms is almost impossible. That's true. But why should anyone take the risk when we at least have the COVID PCR test? Think of it as an extra level of security. Let me get this straight. The COVID PCR test has not been thoroughly tested for accuracy and not fully approved by the FDA. It is only approved for emergency use. By law, no one can be required to take this test. It is so unreliable that a goat and a fruit have tested positive and it produced at least 90% false positives. I have one last question. I sincerely hope so. Dr. Kerry Mullis won the Nobel Prize for inventing PCR. Yes, go on. Well, I watched some of his interviews on the internet. He said that PCR cannot be used to determine whether someone has a viral infection. My question is, should people trust the inventor of PCR or should people trust the companies making money off these PCR tests? No more questions. Class is over for today. Aww. No more questions. Just tune in to CNN and MSNBC. I'm sure you'll get the truth there. So that's, I absolutely love those clips. I love them. They're absolutely hilarious. But that's the kind of stuff that you'll get from the Ken Matthews show also. It's, uh, it's just, it really is fantastic news. And it's, um, and there's a lot of humor involved too. And just a ton of facts. So I just wanted to play that for you. Pass that around if you want, because it's both informative and funny. Um, I just love when the guy looks at the, uh, <laughs> looks at the girl and says, you again. I certainly hope so. Certainly hope this is the last question. Um, let's see. There's a bunch of, you know, there's a few other stories here. I'm going to just briefly hit on these uh, kind of quickly. First off, here's a funny one. Former Obama advisor arrested for allegedly stealing over $200,000 from charter schools he founded. Hmm. Shocking. That old birds of a feather thing. This comes from the Associated Press, quote, the founder of the National Charter School Network, who once served as a White House advisor under President Barack Obama, was arrested Tuesday on charges. He allegedly stole over $200,000 from the network and used it to get a better interest rate on a multi-million dollar apartment. Seth Andrew, founder of Democracy Prep, was arrested in Manhattan on wire fraud, money laundering, and false statement charges. 
Attorney Michael Yeager said Andrew, 42, will plead not guilty to the charges, though no plea was required Tuesday. When Andrew was released on $500,000 bail after an initial appearance in Manhattan federal court. Oh, how much time does he face? Let's get to that part. <laughs> Democracy Prep with 6,500 students at 21 schools in New York, New Jersey, Las Vegas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and San Antonio alerted appropriate authorities and has continued to assist the investigation and prosecution. Oh, put him away for a long time. Please. Oh, it doesn't even say. That's too bad. Anyway, there's that. Um, here's another one, and I've mentioned this before, and it's continuing to happen, which, again, I hope more states continue to jump on. Uh, if you want to get rid of, rid of critical race theory within any school in a state, have your state government uh, make a law saying it can't be taught. That's all. Just do that, because now Idaho has done it. Idaho, this comes from Big League Politics. Idaho State House passes legislation banning anti-white critical race theory in schools. Just one step closer, and that's a good thing, to say the least. But the legal avenue is going to be the best avenue, I think. I mean, you could just teach them a, you know, the facts about how uh, it was created a long, long time ago uh, for the purpose of, subver of completely subverting truth and, and fact and knowledge within any school, in particular among generations of younger individuals. But, you know, the legal way works out too. So here's the last story, and this comes from ABC News. It's titled, Private Florida School Won't Employ Vaccinated Teachers. And this, ladies and gentlemen, I absolutely love. I love it. The subheading says, a private school f uh, founded by an anti-vaccination activist in South Florida has warned teachers and staff against taking the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, a couple of things with ABC News. They're garbage. That's number one. Number two, look how many times they use the word vaccine in both the title and subtitle. It's in there one, two, three times. It's not a vaccine. We've been over this. But they're propaganda, so they're pushing it as hard as they can by continuing to call it a vaccine when that's not what it is. So, this comes from Miami. A private school founded by an anti-vaccination activist in South Florida, and they use the word activist too, whatever, trying to make the person sound radical, uh, when in fact they're just literate, quote, has warned teachers and staff against taking the COVID-19 vaccine, saying it will not employ, saying it will not employ anyone who has received the shot. The Sentner Academy in Miami sent a notice to parents on Monday informing them of the new policy for its two campuses for about 300 students from pre-kindergarten through eighth grade. Teachers or staff who have already taken the vaccine were told to continue reporting to school, but to stay separated from students. Co-founder Leela Sentner told employees in a letter last week that she made the policy decision with a very heavy heart. Sentner asked those who have not received the COVID-19 vaccine to wait until the end of the school year and even then recommended holding off. Sentner stood by the decision Tuesday in a statement sent to the Associated Press which featured the biologically impossible claim that unvaccinated women have experienced miscarriages and other reproductive problems just by standing in proximity to vaccinated people. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something right there. I'm going to, that's unquote. I've watched countless interviews with medical doctors where they, in fact, say that's the case. That this is one of those things that is going to be coming down the line because it's already happening and it's already being tracked. That people who have this experimental jab are actually making people around them who aren't, who haven't been subjected to the experimental jab, they're actually making them sick. And in that Dr. Tenpenny interview, which was linked, I believe, in the last episode that I aired in the comments or in the uh, in the description below. All of those doctors, and there were at least five of them, were talking about with women, menstrual bleeding is likely to be far higher among those that haven't been, who haven't received the experimental jab when they are around people who have received it. Um, less, less, uh, less stable menstrual cycles, completely infrequent, heavier and more painful. And as far as the men are concerned, the, the unexperimental shot males, swollen testicles and erectile dysfunction. Now, again, this is something that has already been tracked and is being tracked. But see how ABC News describes it? Biologically impossible claim, they say. Well, how do you know it's biologically impossible? Asymptomatic spread is biologically impossible, and yet they push that as a real thing. I may or may not have told that story before, but I was kicked out of a framing store because the guy looked at me, who has done prints for me in the past, and said, you're not wearing a mask. I said, I know. He said, I wish you would. And I said, you're kidding. And he goes, no. He says, you could be sick. I said, I'm not sick. He goes, how do you know? He says there's it's asymptomatic. I said there's no such thing. And he just and then he just stared into his computer and didn't say anything else. The brainwashing is thick here. But but this administrator who's doing this, I I love him. I love him for it. I'm going to continue here. It says, "Quote, these vaccines are not live COVID viruses." Dr. Andrea L. Cox, professor of medicine at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, told the Associated Press in a call, they can't infect the people who receive them, and they can't be spread. Cox also added that the vaccines have not caused miscarriages in the people who got them during pregnancy. That's funny, because that's not true either. Johns Hopkins. Hmm. Suspicious, don't you think? It continues, the Florida Department of Education did not respond to the request for comment on the school's stance on the COVID-19 vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and the leading women's health authorities have declared the COVID vaccines being used in the U.S. to be safe and effective, and they're undergoing unprecedented scrutiny for safety around the country. Teachers were prioritized for early access to the vaccines to protect them from exposure to the coronavirus as schools reopened. And then the propaganda just continues. Blah, 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 blah. The myths are extremely damaging because they create doubt in the public, says ABC News and doctors associated with Johns Hopkins and all these federal organizations that are profiting from sick people. See, you can't have health organizations without sick people. And the easiest thing to infect in a human being before you infect the body is you infect the mind. So with that said, catch you Friday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information.
Take care and God bless.